Good evening and welcome. Wednesday night, 20th of January, uh, episode 21, our big 21st birthday. After Not bad after uh, this wasn't supposed to go past episode one. Um, so here we go, Glenn. Welcome, mate. Hey, mate. Happy 21st, mate. You're looking well. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I remember my 21st, mate. It was a big one. Um, the, I'll just tell you very quickly about my 21st. Uh, that year, I ended up buying a house. I we Cytel was pregnant with our second, uh, Nick. So it was, mate, it was all happening at 21. So I've kind of, I feel like I'm about 60 sometimes. And so luckily, I don't look at but, uh, mate, it was kind of fast forward the early part of my life, that was for sure. Tell me about your 21st, mate. What you, would you get up to? Yeah, fair, a little bit longer ago than yours. And I, I was still very much a single man at the time. Um, so I just had it at home. Um, my mother and sister and I were living in Miller Street in Carnegie. Uh, and, yeah, just pretty big night. I can remember, I suppose it's a sign of the times, we ran out of beer at about oh, midnight. And one of our family friends went and bought some long necks. Right, beautiful. That's <laughs> so, our Melbourne. Just, just, I can't remember, but they, they may have been, they may have been Melbourne's. But I remember we were serving long necks in the glasses at about midnight, one o'clock. So, yeah, good night, good night, and still, still mates with a lot of people who were able to come, which is a, probably the more important thing, I think. Beautiful. I remember. Uh, I had a I had a seventies theme night as well. Um, so it was, it was the big, the big full dr fancy dress, the whole setup. So it was, uh, it was a great night. Sadly, I, I never had a big 40th, mate, and kind of lived to, at the moment, lived to regret that. So we'll have to turn to, uh, the next few years when, when the big 5-0 happens. And I know yours has, uh, approached you right now. Um, it's time to get out and party after all this lockdown issues, eh? No, definitely. And obviously, I, I didn't get to have a 50th party. Probably the likelihood of a 51st is pretty slim, but, we have been out a little bit in recent times, you and I, and have had mini celebrations. So hopefully we can get a group of us out together soon at a function, a gig, festival, and have a bit of fun. Yeah, how good is it to get out and see live music again? We've seen a few bands in the last few weeks. Um, it's just awesome to get out and about. Um, last week, we talked about uh, T-World. That, that was a great episode. Um Got all that. Uh, we had a few, obviously, technical audio glitches that night, and I'm sure we'll probably have a couple more tonight. But um, it all uh, it all went plan. So just as the screen freezes right as I talk, so it's all going beautifully. Um, nothing like uh, testing the internet, mate. So if good old internet providers, if anyone can give us a decent connection anywhere outside of Melbourne CBD, um, it would be greatly appreciated. Because we have had a little few issues on either coast over recent times, haven't we? Unfortunately, last week there we had a few, and then the week before we had a couple as well when Laura came on and it was a wonderful show, but unfortunately, bit glitchy as well. Yeah, look, um, it's funny. We went all the way to LA with uh, with Toby Rand not long ago, and there wasn't a glitch in sight. <laughs> it worked perfectly, and then we end up uh, two suburbs away, and it was an absolute horror story. But, uh, look, I suppose that's the joy of, uh, joy of the internet. Um, it's been interesting working from home, but thank God I'm out and about and back, uh, back seeing people's faces again without masks for now. Well, at least we, it could be worse, mate. We could be sitting in a hotel thinking we're a tennis player, uh, isn't it? What's what's going on there? Just absolute some. It's only the absolute B graders that are the ones whinging at the moment. 
I know Dokovic has come out and sort of made a few comments on behalf of the tennis world and then everyone's kind of backpedalling now. So it's fair to say they've all got a, a kick up the bum to say, guys, work with us. Um, but it's interesting. A lot of people have come to this country now and coming to Melbourne and having no idea what we've really gone through for the last nine months. Um, they've just got no idea. So let's just get this uh, tennis up and going. I, I just think they should push the date a little, you know, a few more days, a week, whatever they've got to do to get things going. And, um, mate, if you can push Melbourne's Grand Prix next year or this year into from March all the way through to November, you could have sorted something out with the tennis. So now that they're all here, let's just get this quarantine done. Um, hopefully they don't all break the rules and it goes pear-shaped and let's get this tennis started. Oh, mate, I agree. Look, without trying to sound like a worries me, but as you said, we've, we've been through a pretty tough five to six months from a Melbourne perspective, and we've done we've done well. Like regardless of what New South Wales, other states might have said, South Australia, WA, Queensland, whatever, we've done well. I have no issues with international people coming. Just common sense, follow the rules. We're not trying to impose too much on you. Now, for a bloke who may have sort of got himself back into favour with the Australian public, the comments that the numbskull's girlfriend made that I've never washed my own hair. Well, I merely felt sorry for the poor girl because she's obviously got mental issues and hasn't got the ability to wash her own hair. Because yeah, well, it, it, it just shows just that just that disconnection that some people have. But look, yep, yeah. Like, look, some people are pretty disconnected with the real world, to be to be honest. And and that just, that, that just proves it. And I'm not, and I'm not as you said. Yes, I know Novak Djokovic spoke out, but it's majority, the people who are bitching and moaning are probably from number 100 or work in the world further down. You want to yep. play the tournament? These are the rules. It's black or it's white. It's as simple as that. Yep. Don't want to play? There's your plane. See you later. Absolutely. So just a little intro into our, our guest, and I know Lovey's going to come on and join us probably in about five minutes, but I think I don't want to waste too much of more of Tommy's Time sitting in the background listening to us talk about nothing. Right. <laughs> um, Tommy's a very interesting guy, and and the great part I love about Tommy is I met I met Tommy um, through a band he was in called Duke Cartel, and obviously we had Toby Rand, the lead singer from from back in the day of Duke Cartel. Um, he was on the show, and we were talking about um, you know bands and music and all these connections and the connection of brotherhood as a, as a band, and it was interesting to hear. Um, there was to me there was two guys that were just inseparable in those years when when this band was together and everywhere Toby was Tommy was right there everywhere Tommy was Toby was right behind him um it, mate that's that's what a mate is and and what a, how interesting would that yep. be to play to play in a band and or, and have that kind of um, life living and hanging out with some of your best mates and I I look forward to talking to Tommy about that and then what, you know, where his career's now moved him. But that's where I saw Tommy. And Tommy was one of those um, bass players that just had that stage presence as well. He didn't just sit back there and play the bass. He's very much similar to Alex from Electric Mary. He was the bass player that that did the damage on the stage, right? He uh, he was he was a bass player, mate. It wasn't just sit back there playing the playing a, a you know a set line. He um he made an impact, and that's that's the kind of guy Tommy was. And Tommy was the first one out after a show to come and have a drink and say good day to the, the fans and understand that and appreciate yep. that. And that, that says a lot to what the kind of person Tommy is. So without, uh, without any more 
holding back, let's bring up the great man, Tommy Kennedy. How are you, man? I'm feeling good, man. How are you, bro? Good to see good, you. Happy, uh, happy, happy 21st. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we didn't think we'd get to, get to it, Tommy. <laughs> just to fill you in, Tommy, how uh, how all this sort of kicked yeah. kicked about is it was literally a show born out of uh, COVID lockdown, um, and the process was literally we'd go for a walk. Glenn and I live close to each other. Um, we'd, we'd for our one hour a day lockdown, we'd go for a walk and have a chat um, and talk about you know the classic story of I wonder what Mac is doing, I wonder what Jono's doing, the old story, right? Um, and we thought. Mm. Why don't we just jump on? Everyone was kind of over the Zoom thing, but we thought, why don't we just jump on Facebook Live and see who jumps on and has a chat? And it's kind of that's how yeah. it was born. So it's uh, from there we've uh, connected people that didn't know each other, different mates. We've had five or six people on at different times together, all just chatting about life, man. So it's been pretty cool. So cool, man. I love love what you guys are doing. It's awesome. It's just uh, it's what it's all about, isn't it? Just studying a community and and just going for it, whatever, whatever, you know, comes to you, you just go for it and look what you guys have created, you know, and that's the, that's the best thing when you do stuff like this, I reckon you, you sort of forget or you take for granted, you know, the, the lives that you might impact without even knowing, you know, just by getting together and, and having a chat, you know, so it's, uh, I love what you guys are doing. Well done. Really cool. Look, yeah, the true, thing man. that we've, the thing that I think we've enjoyed most about doing it too, Tommy, is how connected we actually all are. Like you think when mm. you speak to people for the first time, you meet somebody that you have no connection, but once you talk or as we've done on this, listen to people, you think, oh, hang on, yeah, I've got that, or I've done that, and it's then the the six degrees of separation soon vanish, and it's that's probably the most rewarding thing that I've found about and enjoyed about doing this, learning about other people and what what makes them tick. Yeah, yeah, very cool, man. Very, very cool. Love it, love it. Well, it's an honour to be on and chatting to you boys. And uh, one thing I want to mention, mate, is obviously I, I just before I brought you up, um, I mentioned where I met you or where I first met you, and it was actually um, in your band, Jude Cartel, or the band the, the band mm. before the before uh, your life change um, or career path yeah. change. But uh, and it was actually through mate another mate of mine who had a um, a t-shirt label at the time called Ryan, Ryan Rock is Not Evil, my mate AK. And we worked together and then you came in and then I had a label as well and we, we flipped you by some tees and then you guys were, were well and truly yeah. on your way at that stage. And I reckon we were kind of 2005 maybe, maybe a little bit later. Yeah, and and I remember, I, I remember that I, I'm pretty sure it was you guys that first gave us any free stuff and we were like, yeah. Oh my god! This and I think back then we're pretending that we get this stuff all the time, but I'm pretty sure that you guys were the first guys to ever, you know, gift us some to some free clothes, and we're like, dude, we're getting free clothes. We're massive now. Let's all right, done. Let's hang up yeah. the booth. So that, that was a it was a really cool turning point. So I definitely, um, you know, you, you you're definitely up there in the memories because we did, you know, and I, I don't know if Toby mentioned it or not, but um. It was it was definitely the point where things started rolling for us as a band and and uh, yeah just sort of rocked on from there didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. let let's quickly touch on that and and the early days and this was very much very much early days. Oh, Jesus. That set up. 
Uh, uh, that is Toby, funny Toby's shit, got the flares on, the sweatbands. It's all happening with Toby. And then uh, uh, you got, I, you got uh, the no, the no yeah. shoe look. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Uh, I remember that day very, very well. I know exactly where we were, what we we're talking about. Um, I'm pretty sure that that was the day that we actually were talking about um, changing the band name to uh, to Duke Cartel. Yeah. And uh, and I remember that we the way we did it was all of us wrote down like a bunch of words. And then we we all had like two lists. No, we all had a list, and it was like two big, two big lists of names. And um, and somehow I remember it was Duke Cartel came first. What was it? First it was going to be something else, Cartel. And then we realised that Duke is in jukebox and music, and then Cartel. So it's like the music crew or music mafia or whatever. Yeah. It just sort of fit. We're like, all right, let's do it. Duke Cartel, it is. Um, yeah, yeah, but seeing that photo, I have not seen that photo probably for fifteen years. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, lots of memories, man. Lots of memories. A couple of old photos, yeah. yeah. And and we'll just touch on this this one a little bit later yeah. in the band. Um, but that's yes. kind of about the time I met you guys. Um, yeah, had the slick look for sure. Dreadlocks at that stage, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. The dreadies were rocking. I think that was my second round in, round of, of dreadies. Um, yeah, but uh, I've got no idea where that was. No idea. Do you know? No, not that one. I should have uh, taken a bit more no. notice on when I was. Yeah, uh, no, that's three. all right. Yeah. All right. What about this? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool days, man. That yeah. was. Um, you know what? In that photo, funny enough, there was actually quite a bit of. Uh, quite a bit of shit going on in and around the band. I remember, I remember that time really well. It was, uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty, but we're still, you know, doing big gigs and, and whatever else, but it was just, I think it was that would, around that photo, there was a lot of uncertainty in the band going on and, and outside the band. And so, yeah, I think you can probably tell by the, the photo that we're all a little bit, bloody shells of humans maybe um yeah so no there was a there was a weird time but yeah all those photos bring back so many memories man it was such a such an incredible ride you know that that i that i i, I will never take for granted because not many people get to experience the the stuff that we did so yeah. pretty epic just times one last one yeah. for duke pretty sharp yeah. shot this one yep yeah very cool so let's uh, let's touch on that that first early part of your life and get getting around as a muso and what it meant from in your kind of twenties, roughly around that age. What what age did you pick up the bass, mate? When, when, is that how you started in music? Um, yeah, no, I actually I was playing electric guitar with um, with Dale in a band called Sea Monkeys. Dale got me into his band when we were like sixteen, and I was playing electric guitar, and then the um, the bass player left, and I spent. I'll try that. And I picked up the bass, this blue Ibanez old piece of shit, and uh, and picked up the bass. And I went, my God, I love this instrument. Like, I feel it. It's rocking. It's like, you know, got some meat behind it. You can actually attack the thing. And it really and, – and I just fell in love with it, you know. But um, not in a way – not in a musical way. I'm, I'm one of those guys that never had a, a 
guitar lesson or bass lesson or anything like that. So I've never got no idea about how to read music or anything like that. My The only way I learned how to play is I was basically listening to like Red Hot Chili Pe- Pepper uh, albums and then um, just listening to every bass. I'm like, oh, there it is, there it is. And I'd learn pretty much every song off by heart just by listening to where the bass goes. And, and you know, that's how I sort of got my chops up over the over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, so with Dale, not me and bad, Dale were playing. Not a bad uh, not a bad guy to learn off. No, no. Not a bad guy to um, learn off. So yeah, me, sure. me, if you're going to play. And so, yeah, me and Dale were, were playing together in Sea Monkeys and then I left and then, you know, I went into corporate and then came back and then that – and then. You know, I was always mates with Toby and and uh, all those boys and Toddy and, and all those boys, and then so it just ended up happening that their bass player left when I and and I left another band called Slumberyard, and it was just sort of perfect timing, um, and uh, and yeah, I just ended up starting with Taco, and yeah, we just started doing cover gigs, and then from cover gigs turned into let's play some originals, and then you know from then. The, the next couple of years, we're just playing around Melbourne, doing pubs and building up a, a really cool little underground fan base. And then we're bloody playing at Rod Labor Arena, supporting Nickelback, freaking out, going, what the hell is going on? Just and tell then, us quickly, um, how did that then, happen? How did that come about? What, where did that, where did that uh, big moment well, the, the big moment, it was funny because the big moment happened almost like a, a big fork in the road because we got that Nickelback gig from um, this guy that worked at Beat Magazine and he, you know, we both, there was like real nice mutual respect there and um, and he put us forward for this Nickelback gig and we got the gig and we're like, are you kidding me? We're p- supporting Nickelback at Rod Labor. This is epic. And then at the same time, um, at the same time, uh, Toby got onto Rockstar Supernova. So we're like, <laughs> you know, our initial thing was, Tobes, what are you doing, man? Like, why would you go on a bloody talent show? We're all like quite pissed, you know. And um, and and I'm so glad that he stuck to his guns, you know, because it was it, it really opened the doors for us. But but it was the same time, so we're supporting Nickelback, so things are starting to move in Australia. But there's I don't think there's any way we would have got the doors that were open for us that um you know with Toby going on the show, um on on Rockstar Supernova. That was uh, there's just no way that we would have had those doors open for us the way that that he was able to do, you know. So um. So yeah, after Nickelback, he went on the show and we were basically just sitting in Melbourne freaking out, going, man, we're literally losing our lead singer. This is it. Like, it was such a roller coaster. And um, and then, you know, obviously Toby was telling us, no, 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 it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. We'll be fine. And then on the last show, Toby's pretty much called us and goes, boys, get your ass on the plane. Let's, uh, this is happening. Come over, you know. And then we landed in, in LA you know, these young, fresh Aussie faces. Whoops. Um, sorry, guys. You still there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, so, yeah, landed in, uh, landed in, in LA and then um, we pretty much, just for the first month of being there, we just partied our asses off and got 
hammered and drunk and whatever else every single night pretty much we were there and you know hanging out coming from australia and then suddenly hanging out with guys like tommy lee and gilby clark and all these legends you know we're just like oh my god so all our heads sort of started getting nice and big nice and big and and you know and and so from there it all all began and we had um you know i'd say the first six months in la was really exciting because we were all just we just had this flow going on things were just happening there was people hearing about us and it's like oh have you heard about a jude cartel guys and have slash coming down to the shows and you know all this stuff and and we're getting invited to these epic parties and it was just the first six months were just like what is going on you know like this is just the most exciting thing ever and then um and then you know slowly after six months reality started settling you know or we started getting hit with with what's actually going on you know which is like you know in order for us to to make an impact we're, we're gonna have to live like on basically rice and, and beans if we want to do this and um and you know me at the time i was pretty heavily into into corporate so i had a really good job and i was earning i don't know almost 200 grand a year and i'm just like Ugh, and i have to leave it and, and to be honest i didn't even not that the money mattered but i didn't even really think about it i just went nah i'm out of here quit the job and i, I was gone yeah so it was it was like this fork in the road where I was either going to go down this normal route where my you know corporate career was going to take off and you know I, I probably would have had the house by the time I'm whatever and and all the money in the bank and all the certainty and all the kids and the boats and the houseboats and the all that type of stuff you know and I basically just looked at that life and went nah that doesn't really interest me and not that that is not what I, what you know, it's not that that I didn't want that, but it was more so. Um, where is my where is my heart leading me to? And you know, even back then, I had no idea about spirituality or or even any of my dysfunctional behaviour stuff or anything like that. But I just knew that that's exactly what I had to do. So it was just no question in my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um... It's an interesting journey that uh, and perception, you know, that, that idea of perception mm. and what that looked like. Because, mate, some of your clips and the amount of money that was kind of thrown at those clips in LA and the how big, and, and that's kind of what you got to do to make it happen, right? Um, mm. And then, you know, you're literally marketing away from from being the the top fifteen on the charts and the bottom fifteen. You know, mm. um, the music's yeah. kind of not much different. Or and then it's just about following after that, isn't it? So, um, mm. yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and look, it would have been would have been great loves for you to uh, to be able to record record your own gear, your own songs. You know, like it must have been pretty special mm. times. Oh, it was it was incredible. You know, some of the studios we recorded in, where um, you know, Pearl Jam recorded ten. You know, we had. Um, Pearl Jam 10's producer producing our album were just like wow you know these epic experiences where where you, you're just in the moment and you're looking around and you're just like what how, how did I get here you know and, and it, it is it's 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 pretty um it, it's actually quite epic thinking back to it where um 
you know, even just little things like we recorded a song where um, Eric Clapton recorded um, Tears in Heaven, you know, and, and you sit in the seat where he recorded that song and the, the producer who's there is telling us he was there and when it was recorded and telling how, and I'm sitting in the seat and you can actually feel the energy of like just the moment that that happened, you know? So it, it's just getting into, um, getting to feel all these things and being around all the, all these things that, that people just hear about, but you, you actually get to sit in the seat. You actually get to work with the people that, that were there when these magical moments happen. And, um, and it really yeah. does, it, it just elevates you to, to a different, uh, different place of, of what's, what's, what's achievable. Yeah. And I suppose one of those things, it's, it's really, it's always hard. And I hear so many stories about bands and, and makeup of bands and lineups of bands and they always change. And it's really hard to keep that kind of brotherhood and connection together. But I know uh, one mm. thing from a chemistry point of view, you guys as a band in those early days, just really connected, man. Like there wasn't a weak link yeah. in the band. Everything, everything was nailed. And then, um, you know, life directions change, man, you know, um, mm. and, and life changed for you. Life changed for our other couple of band members. Um, I remember Jay got married pretty early in the piece, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, so life yeah. kind of all, yeah. all, all mixed up, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, mm. and then the big move. Where, where was the big moment, the big change for you? Because it's very different to what you're doing now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit different, isn't it? Um, so, look, to, to be honest, the big change for me was the last couple of years when we were living in LA. Um, the, I started, um, I started practicing this uh, type of yoga called Kundalini Yoga. And, uh, and, and the, the Kundalini yoga is this type of yoga that, that it, it like internally, it, it smashes you apart, you know, and it, it brings all your fears and it brings everything to the surface, you know, it really brings, and, and it's like, it puts you in this place where you got nowhere to hide, you know, like, well, we had that the name of the, the album, you know, you got nowhere left to hide or whatever. So it was very, very similar to, to that where and and this yogic practice which i had no idea about i i simply went to these classes just to pick up chicks so i had uh no intention of like you know no intention of, of actually getting the benefits from from the practice but there was just it just transformed me inside out you know and and i started to to see things about myself that i really didn't like and, and I started to see things about myself that where I wasn't being authentic and just wasn't being truthful with myself and, and with um, with basically everyone around me, you know, whether it was guys in the band and, and or my mates or, um, you know, even relationships and, and family and whatever else, you know. And, it, um, and I guess over two years it, it brought me to um, – it, it brought me to this place where I came back from uh, L.A., and when I got back, um, you know, I, I, I was like 35 and I just had, um, what was it, 34, 35, end of 2012. And I had, um, I basically had zero money. I, I came back with like 80 bucks, you know, and it was such a, such a defining moment for me because 
it was from that moment where I felt the most lost and the most broken, but I also felt the most powerful because I had nothing left to lose. So from then on, I, I basically just followed this this guiding system that, that I've always had, just like the same thing of, you know, moving to LA and not not staying with my corporate job or whatever. And I, I since then, I've just constantly been following this guiding guidance system. And, and, you know, one thing led to the next. I did my teacher training, became a yoga teacher, and then started teaching yoga. And then that led to, to me really wanting to know more about um, human behavior and, and wanting to understand why people do the things they do, but also wanting to understand why people don't do the things that, that they should do. And I really, you know, so I spent the last probably seven or eight years in doing countless and countless meditations and, and courses and, and study and studying myself and putting myself to the test, putting others to the test. And, and so that sort of led into this organic place of, of me now having this coaching business and, and then also, you know, I, I'm working a lot with uh, corporates, like um, mostly sort of ASX-listed companies and, and sort of big, um, you know, even big like concrete companies and, and, uh, and you know, big brands and stuff. And I basically go in there and my, my job is just to go in there and call people on their bullshit, you know, and uh, and and show them, and and really and and really bring to the surface, um, and showing people how powerful they are, and and then but also showing them at the same point um, that what what happens when you live life in this place of of victimhood, and then and what that can mean when you what it can look like when you're living life from a place of of taking risks based on the, the guidance that you get, you know, and, and when, and some of the transformations I've seen, man, it's like, it's, it's exactly the same as, you know, going up on stage at, um, at Rod Laver or, or any of those stadiums and seeing a sea of people and you're just up there and you've got your instrument, you've got your boys, you've got your mates and you're like just singing your songs that you wrote, whatever. It's a very similar feeling where, you know, you're sitting in front of someone talking about life and they have an aha moment and, you know, you get full goosebumps. You're just like, fuck, I'm so lucky to be part of this moment, you know, and it's uh, and, and it happens really often in my life at the moment. So I'm, I'm quite blessed that I've, I've followed that, that sort of guidance that, that's got me to where I am today. Awesome, awesome. Just a good yeah. time to... It was a really long answer. No, no, that's, that's cool. That's cool. That, that's that's kind of a big overview. And and another mate of ours, uh, Lovey, he's sitting in the back back room yeah. now. So I just want to bring him yeah, into the conversation. How are you, Lovey? Good, Aaron. How are you? Good, Alan? mate. This is Tommy. Hey, Lovey. Tommy, how you going, son? <laughs> how you going, brother? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. It's uh, very awesome. nice to hear. Very nice to hear your perspectives. It's um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of daunting what you've gone through and how you go about, you know, the way you think about life. But um, yeah. at the same time, it's it's refreshing to know that uh, it can be done, and you don't have to, oh. you know, swallow yourself too much into your own hellhole and get yourself out of it as quick as you can. There are ways to go about it. So uh, it's been good to yeah. hear it so yeah. far. Yeah. 
Hello, Glenn, by the yeah. way. Sorry, mate. I don't mean to I don't mean to leave you out of the loop there, Glenn, but I do normally anyway. That's okay, Jan. <laughs> I'm used to it, mate, and Tommy's the guest, mate. How about mate? I'm big enough to Yeah. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I can I can listen to Tommy for another hour, so it's uh carry on. It's been good. All right. Yeah. Well, you, so um, I was just gonna say just on oh sorry. You're right. You're yeah, right. So I just want to bring up bring up this slide and talk about very much this. Um, the words yes. from Rockstar to Healer. And, you know, some of these yeah. images that I saw, Tommy, man, that's like a Zen kind of moment right there. Um, yeah, bro. Tell us about how, how different this kind of space is for you now, mentally and uh, yes, spiritually as well, but most, most importantly, mentally, because you've always been a physically fit-looking guy. Um, and you obviously, mm. you know, we'd uh, the the rest of the three of us here would uh, would all like to look like that, Tommy. Um, yeah. and I know. See, see, see me backstage Tommy. already. Get me back to backstage, Tommy. can you? Tommy, how did you manage to get your head onto my body, though, mate? That's what I don't know. How did you manage to do that with <laughs> technology? Do? With, with I did it. <laughs> Love it. That's right. I'm making my head on. Love it, love it. So just tell us, just tell us, Tommy, about how how different this kind of um, experience you've been through. And you, you mentioned during the conversation when we were talking about the band, that yoga and, and meditating and things like that were kind of part of your outlet, I guess. You did mention that they were to pick up chairs originally, but that's when kind of your moment changed, I guess, in what, what it would do for you. Um, you you were breaking up a bit there, but but I'm I'm you're asking what what this sort of life did for me, like how it it sort of shifted me. Is that was that the question? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So with um with these type of practices, man. Like I mean, I look at it very. It, it's funny, man, because when you're involved in this world. Um, you're surrounded by uh, people that that really preach spirituality, and and you got to meditate, man, and get on your mat, and fucking this, and and it, and it just like that's the that's the part where I'm I, I really it, it, I don't I don't resist it, but it's just not me. You know what I mean? So so for example. I'm still very balanced. Like I'll give you a quick example of, of my mornings, you know, and I'm so, and I, and I own this. I tell people this all the time, right? So in the morning, um, I'll usually up at like quarter to six, right? I'll have a, a either a, a ice cold shower um, or I go jump in the ocean, whether it's, you know, winter, summer, whatever, right? Um, I'll do like intense breath work. For 25 minutes, I'll do a meditation. I'll do an hour yoga practice, right? After all this, I finish my yoga practice, feel fucking amazing. I'll go get a soy cappuccino and sit on my sitting out, out in the um in the backyard and have a durry. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you know, so it, it's like on I, your morning, totally, you know, and I'm like. You know what? That's that's just me. Like you know, I smoke dairy sometimes. I still drink. You know, I, whatever. It's like you know, whatever I feel, I I do, and it's and I'm 
I'm not fussed about it, but it's it's you know, this world has been um, it's been quite it's been it's been challenging for me to to try and fit in, but but what I found find is is the best part is that all these tools like meditation and yoga and then they're not they're not there to to be part of the yoga community. These are things. These are like actual. It, it's a science that it it turns you inside out and it forces you to look at the things that that everyone's pushing under the rug, whether it's in a physical sense, a mental sense, or whatever. But it doesn't mean that that you can't drink water unless it's blessed by the Dalai Lama. You know what I mean? So so you really have to you you you've just got to be honest with yourself and still stay authentic and and be who you are. But you use these practices, and that's, you know, it, probably the last two years, because I fell down that line as well where um, I wanted to be spiritual and I want people to see me as some guru. And I'm like, fuck that, man. It's just not me. Like, it's just never going to be me. So when I um, when I just started owning who I really am and, and started owning um, my, um, my true nature and, and who I am at the core, I basically use these practices to clear out my body, clear out my mind. I use these practices to to stay present and to really be able to see what's going on in my life and 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 get access to this guiding system, this intuition, the guidance system that we all have, and really learn how to tap into it. And then and then I'm still me, like I'm not anyone else, you know. So. It's it's just they're just tools and, and it's science and it gives you the opportunity to to really I guess authentically be who you are, but then have these tools at your fingertips that you can use every day. I, I think that's amazing to hear you say that, mate. Because I not so much for we know about other stuff, but that song by Michael Jackson, "Man in the Mirror." From what listening to you mm. speak now, you talk about what you do in your life, but what you do in your life, it seems you control your life now as opposed to your life controlling you. And I think mm. that's the reason we started doing the podcast and love you, I've known for a long time. Aaron and I have bec- become really good mates. It's, it's interesting you say you're still me, and that's, that's the best thing when you look in yourself. All you're actually doing mm. is finding your true self. You're not actually changing. You're just tweaking and bringing out the best bits. So, mate, Fantastic to hear your story, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It's, yeah. I'm curious as to, so you take those leaps of faith. You go and see what you truly want to do and what you want to be. I mean, there's a certain fear factor to that too, isn't there? Because you sort of see it in front of you, but you still got to worry about those that are around you and those that you love and all the rest of it. And for instance, if if what you truly like actually might not be <laughs> fitting in with what's around you, how, how did you get around that sort of stuff as well? Because that's 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 going to take a lot of understanding, surely, from people around you too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the um, that's that's the courageous. That's the real courage that that you sort of need, um, because. What, what you'll find, and I've seen this happen, not just with, with my life, but I've seen this happen with a number of my clients that I work with where they have this fear that if they, if they go for what they actually want, like what their heart wants, 
then what that means is that they're going to lose everyone around them or that they're going to, um, that people around them aren't going to support them and, and, oh, my God, does that mean that I can't earn as much money or, my God, is my wife not going to like me anymore or whatever whatever it is, right? Everyone has their fears, you know? Mm. And, and the thing is, is that, and, and I'm just telling you from my own experience because I've gone through exactly the same stuff and I'm going through exactly the same stuff right now as I'm transitioning my business and, and all this type of stuff, you know, and, and it's like what you've got to, what you've got to realise, and I'm, I'm just saying this from experience, is that when you, when you just believe that, that whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's like fishing or, you know, you've got a business idea or whatever it might be, right, and, and, the thing is, it's like if you if you focus on your fears, then you're just going to create more of reasons why not to do it. And and a really good analogy or a really good thing of, of what I've realised is that a lot of people what they do is they go, I can't do that until I fix all this other stuff, and so they put all their efforts onto fixing all this shit. To having enough money to having enough this and that until they can go for what they what they actually want to do right but what what I've, I've realized is that all the things that need fixing there's actually nothing to fix you just observe it and you're like okay well that's what you know my, i'm being my ego is telling me that i've got to fix all this shit or i've got to do this or that the other but what about if i just put my focus onto what i actually want to do and you, you will find this is this is the coolest part is that as soon as you put your put your focus on on, on the things that you actually want or you, you put the focus on finding out what it is, you will in, immediately the next day you'll start to meet people where you'll start talking about what it is and magically someone will go, hey, uh, lovey, do you know what I'm. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know why I'm telling this, but I'm selling my my charter boat for fishing. You know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just felt like I, I wanted to tell you. You know, and it's like, um, so I'm selling my charter boat, and you're like, dude, are you kidding me? Yesterday, I was no joke talking about. Um, I'd love to start a fishing charter and, and get out there. You know what I mean? So I don't even know. Are you, are you starting a fishing charter company, Lovey? <laughs> he, hasn't oh, got yeah. the he hasn't got the patience, Tommy. You uh, hasn't got the patience. You know the interest. I'll start flogging it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I love it. Oh well, you, you can see it, it was good enough for Forest Gump. It's good enough for Forest Gump. I'll do it. Exactly. But yeah, so um. Yeah. What's that? I get your I get your point. Absolutely. Yeah. Get the point. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's that's what sort of worked for me, and then and then it just starts, and and, the, and then the, the the biggest thing is is that once you start going towards it, you'll see that the people that are around you will start supporting you, and 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 it will just organically happen where. Either they get involved and and but they push you and they're like, oh my god, how awesome is it? Love is going for it, and you know, it, you actually create more love and and more joy in your life. And and there, every time there there will be people that will not be in your life anymore because yeah. because the, there's always this this sense of 
either jealousy or there'll be this thing of that they can't handle the fact that you're you're going for what you want and um and and they'll just fall away you know so that's that's really um how it works and it's it's never every time i've I've taken a leap of faith it's every time it's almost like i've worked out the exact 10 step structure of what actually happens and uh and, and it, it's never hasn't faltered me yet over the last four years and you don't i guess you don't necessarily have to be cold about that stuff either is it because it's like anything else if people right. have to follow you and work with you on it then they'll stay on they'll tack on board and grab your coattails and if not well yeah it's been nice it's great well catch you later see you on the flip side i suppose 100 yeah. percent. yeah 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 and, absolutely and that's, and, that's yeah. the biggest is we all i suppose if you spend hard and, and we all do it we're all guilty of doing it you spend your time worrying about perception as opposed to worrying about hang on a minute this is something i'm passionate about good friends good good people will stick beside you you'll go into something if you fall they're often the first people to pick you up so there's nothing i think we're it's we're, we're drilled into us that it's bad to fail whereas Mm. Success, or sorry, failure is part of success. You've almost got to have failure to get the success. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's all all part of it. You know, it is. You get the more you fail, the, the the closer you you get. And you know, you guys you guys would know that too. You know, like even even with this thing, like what you guys are doing. You know, like you're you're all committing your time. You're getting you know some great guests on um you know you're having fun with it and that's the thing you just have no idea where it's going to lead you know you guys could be the next joe rogan you got no idea oh well i've got his head oh, seriously <laughs> like, got his bald head don't worry that's that's, <laughs> that's just, uh... it is, it's it's those things of just you know going for it and and it's uh you know, and I always remember, like, this one thing that I always remind myself pretty much every day is that, um, you know, when, when I get to the uh, end of my life and I'm, like, 10 breaths away from floating up into the ether and, and I look back on in my life, am, am I going to look back and go, that was so much fun. Like, what a fucking cool adventure that was. Or will I look back and go, wow, I didn't do anything. I basically just breathed and did stuff and fucking died. Like, what a how annoying! Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's like you've got like it's it's almost like a I said almost like a crime if you're not constantly putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, you know. And uh, and I'm I'm the king of creating discomfort wherever I go now. Like you know, for example, in yoga classes. Every week or two, someone will drop a, f- a massive fart in my class, right? And people know now are in Melbourne that if you come to my class and fart, I stop the whole class and I'll make, I'll make whoever farted own it. They've got to put their hand up and own the fact that they farted. And it's like everyone claps. It's like, yeah, fucking David, you it. So it's not different to a football well, game, right? Put his hand up before you gave it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, I love having awkward conversations and, you know, when there's that weirdness with a mate or a weirdness with partners or whatever, it's just like, all right, you know what? 
let's just let's just talk this out. Like, let's just have this. And I always set it up. It's like, all right, we've got an awkward conversation coming. Let's just have it. Let's just do it. Come on, let's go. You know, and and it, it you know that, and that's the thing. So many people shy away from tension or discomfort, but that's that's where all the magic is. That's where all the growth is. Too many, too many people hate the honesty in that, and that and that's that for me is the hardest part of um, probably dealing with humans is that you know I'll be honest as the sun is today. It, it, it just for me, it's it's it, you pick up on it pretty quick. And I, it's how I don't know how to deal with people when they're a bit like that. And sometimes they're just inherently shy. I get it, understand it, um, but accept who I am as a person as well. I hope they do. Um, but yeah, it's sometimes it's tough to have a friend that can't be that honest with you. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's important. Like you, you've got to. Yeah, it's it's important. Mm. Otherwise, you just you just and you know even in when I work in in uh, in the corporate world or work with companies and uh, around mindfulness and and you know human behaviour and whatnot, um, there, there's so many so many issues and even in relationships, so many things happen and so many there's so much pain created because you can't just have the conversation. Or you can't just say, hey, babe, do you know what? What you said then, it just didn't feel nice. And and I feel, I, feel, I just don't, that doesn't feel right for me, you know. Or even um, even even saying, like, when, when you're feeling shit about your partner, you could even say, you know what, babe, at the moment I'm, I'm feeling like um, I, I don't think we, we should be together. Like, I'm, I'm pretty much... Feel like I, I need to be out, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just and, and having those honest conversations. It's fucking powerful, man, because it gives the other person the opportunity to be honest as well. Mm. Whereas if you're both faking it and sitting back and hold, whether it's in business or wherever, just like have the conversation and be okay with the outcome, because you, you're just being authentic. And and the things that the emotions and the feelings, what you'll find is. Let's say if you do say that in a relationship where you like bring it to the forefront, where you're like, you know what, at the moment how I'm feeling or, or what I'm what's coming up for me is that I just don't reckon we're right for each other and we don't need to be in this relationship anymore. And then and then once you have the conversation, you both get to dig a little deeper and you find that there's a real deep love there, but something simple has gone amiss. And just talk yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 As long as you hold that. For me, it's just as long as there's a, a line of respect that's still appreciated there at the end of it all. And I think yeah. that um, as long as you can have that, uh, you, you yeah. should be able to talk about whatever you like. And 100%. Whether that's like you say, whether that's professional, personal, doesn't matter. Um, yeah. The techniques around that, are, have you got? Have you got basic techniques around making sure that still stays there no matter what? Or what's the, what's the, how do you go about that stuff? I, mean, I don't know about basic, but but it's um, but you know we you know did this. Uh, I'm about to uh, go into this business partnership, and um, and and one of our we have rules, yep. and one of the rules in there is that 
awkward conversations must be had. It's it's a rule, you know. And if anyone's holding back anything back, and in six months' time they go, you know, Tommy, you didn't do this back six months ago. But like, dude, follow the fucking rules, man. You know, why didn't you have that conversation with me back then? Mm. So, um, so that that's you know having having basic agreements with um with with people you know like just real basic agreements that you all have to stick to um but but really the 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 biggest tool and the most basic one is that whatever you're experiencing outside of you is always something to do with you it's got nothing to do with anyone else yeah so the, the moment that you start blaming another person um you're you you're you know, you have to ask the question. And one question I ask myself all the time too is, and it's a powerful question, it's a scary one as well, but it makes you dig. And the question I always ask is, why the fuck am I creating this? Always, anytime I don't like something, I'm like, why am I creating this? Mm. Why am I creating this? Yep. And, and it, it, you can't question that because it's, it's true. Yeah. Every yeah. single thing you create, all of it, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff. So the moment that you you begin to to uh, to judge someone else, like it's just it's never going to turn out well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Kaz, yeah. Kaz, Kaz, Kaz will say the same thing. This is why I think Kaz and I work together. We've known each other through footy for a number of years. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's just making sure that you keep that line of respect. But it's if you're going to make a judgment, make a judgment about the actions that occurred and not the person. And I think it's probably the most important part about the way we go about our stuff is it's never personal. You just make sure that you talk about, well, you did you you actually did this. It was contrary to what we're thinking, as opposed to we well, you're just shit. <laughs> you know, and, and that's uh, yeah. I think we sort of keep that. Cousin, I keep that sort of line of respect. I think that's how we do it. Um, mm. Whether that's similar to what you guys, what, what you do, Tommy, I don't know, but um, yeah, it sort of works for us. But yeah, but, uh, I, I found, I, I found Tommy like, and I, and I say this with no, not to embarrass them at all, but with especially like Lovey and Darren, they've become two of my best mates because they don't often tell me what I want to hear. Mm. So, so part yeah. of your journey, Lovey's journey, Aaron's journey, whoever's journey is honestly to yourself, of course, but don't surround yourself with, and we're all probably guilty of doing it in times in our life with what I call yes people. Your true friends, they'll call you out when you've done the wrong thing, as Lovey said, in, mm. in a way that's that line of respect is still maintained, but it's because probably that's not your best thing. What are you going to do about What are you going to do about it? Because they can only, they can, advise listen but at the end of the day as you said what have i created well i've created the mess so there's only one person who can fix it once i start yeah. fixing it as you know with what you've done with your life people will jump on board mm. and support but you've got to as you said you've got to take that first step i'm like i said to my i've got a 25 year old stepdaughter and two sons 17 and 12. i say to them i don't care if you fuck up but when you fuck up mm. put your hand up and own it as much as the good stuff you do. And it's a pretty simple yeah. way to go about yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, love it, man. That's very cool, cars. Very cool. <laughs> can, you, can I give you my I've son's phone number? Call them and tell them that you think I'm cool. No, no, cars. No, cars. You're, you're, uh, still, you're, still, you're still shaped like a pair, cars. You need to do some work, yeah. mate. Come on. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, very cool. One thing. One thing I know, Tommy, that works obviously for you is, and your clients, no doubt, is that you don't take yourself too seriously, and I'm sure you drag that out of them as well. And that ability to let go sometimes, and you can't change yesterday. You can't change what happened 20 years ago. You either got to deal with it, uh, but like you, like I heard you say, um, you got to acknowledge it, and you can't change it, but just keep it there and and use that as a driving factor to to spark that change yeah. in your life. And and I'd love to hear that when you said that. Yeah. And it's a big one, man. You know, not taking yourself too seriously is a, is, is a huge, huge one. You really just have to, um, you know, a quick example. One of my, uh, one of my clients, she um, actually it's happened. There's been a few clients that, uh, that, that are women and, um, and they got herpes, right? And, uh, and, and they met a guy who they really liked and, uh, and, and they're like, oh, my God, how am I going to tell him? And oh, they're freaking out. You know, it's like, I've got herpes. And it's like, oh, my God, like, this, my life's fucking ended and whatever. And I just sat there and went, like I said to all of them, I go, dude, I've had herpes since I was 18. And, you know, I'm just, like, really open about it. Like, you know, if I, like, obviously, I'm in a relationship now. But I said, just – have the conversation, you know, just, and she's like, what, what, just talk about it. I said, yeah. And she said, and she was like, well, when you were single, how did you have the conversation? And I said, well, I, you know, I'd met a girl and if it looked like things were going to go further, I'd literally just sit back and go, look, I've got to talk to you about something. And I'll say, what's that? And I said, look, since I was young, since I was like 18, I've had the herps. And they would just start pissing and stop laughing, you know, and it's, it just, it makes us so. It just makes it. It's like whatever, you know. Like I've got it. Can't do anything about it, you know. Fair <laughs> like, right, you know, like you, uh, you totally, you know. And it's like, oh. man, whatever. Like it just, it's, yeah. it's happened. It's, it's there, and it's like, there it is, you know. And they just, it's, it's always like, even if it, but, but it just makes it so lighter. It there's nothing, big deal. Like you, you're cool. All right. Well, let's let's just. And, and you know, all three of them came back. They had the conversation and they were like, I can't believe how easy that was. That was just so easy. Like, yeah, because you just had the conversation. It's not a big deal. Like, just talk about shit. Hasn't fallen yeah, off. I'll absolutely. be all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that so true, though, about those conversations? And, and the, the ones we procrastinate about the most – turn out to be the best outcome in the end once we've had that chat, right? And that yeah. that weight that yeah. lifts yeah, off is, is, is possibly one of the best feelings, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, I'm I'm now trying to live part of that as, as a bit of a, man, a mantra to, to just have that conversation, Tommy, you know, because, you know, I've let yeah. too many things sit in my background that, aren't, that go un, undiscussed and I, I'm a bottler. And you just gotta, you just gotta crack the top, you know, and and bust it open, man. And and it's one less or two less things you're gonna. And it, 
it just leaves room for the next bit of negative part that comes into your life that it can come in and go back out again, you know. Um, it's such an important part, especially as we get older, you know. We can see living or we can just deal with it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because every time you don't have that conversation or you don't you, you every time you bottle something up, the only person that's suffering is you. You know, no one else no one else is suffering other than you. And like so we're just things are meant to it's it's a easy wave. Like things come in and then they leave and then they come in and then they leave. And it's like you just gotta experience all of it. Yeah. yeah, Tommy, it, with all the guests we've had on the show, we've had, as you said, we're very lucky to have some wonderful guests on our 21st yeah. episode up to tonight. Mate, I have a standard question I ask all the guests. You're having a dinner party, yeah. you're hosting it. You can invite five people. They can be alive or dead. Doesn't matter. Who are your five? Um, well, Flea from Chili Peppers. And they've had the uh, pleasure of hanging out with Flea. Um I would bring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio just because he's such a cool cat and I just – I want some – you know, I just want to just get some of his coolness. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the best reason of it. And his coin, a bit of coin, yeah. you know, a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, I'd uh, invite Donald Trump because – I actually just want to sit next to that guy and just go, dude, are you fucking serious? Like, this is easy <laughs> actually for real. Yeah. Um, and actually, and just have the opportunity to speak to the guy because I actually believe he's one of the most incredible human beings on this planet. And it, it's just, I just want to know how that guy exists and, and, and does what he does. You know, I, I'd love to pick his brain. Um, and then, oops, sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm back. Um, and then who's that? That's three. And then I would um, – fuck. Wait, sorry. No, so you're all right. Now someone yeah, calling me and it keeps uh... – <laughs> Brad, go away. Look, wait, <laughs> I will turn this thing off. Someone's baby. calling me and they're is not that, stopping. Is that Brad Pitt? No. Okay. No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Okay, so um, you guys can. All right, so um, there is. Uh, so that's three. So, wait, who was the four? Did you say Brad Pitt? Did I say Brad Pitt? I don't know. I'm no. sorry, Brad Pitt. Um, Am I inviting them no, for you? Uh, Drew Barrymore. That's number four. Nice. Uh, just simply because I've had I've had a crush on her since I was a little kid, um, and I would take who's number five. Um. I reckon number five would be Can I take a step? Buddha. Buddha. I would okay. chat with Buddha. Buddha. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rub his belly? Buddha Buddha. <laughs> no, I just I just wanna I just wanna learn about life. Nice. Very good five, mate. Yeah. A click five, but a very yeah. good five. I know, I know. Is Donald so, Trump um, yeah. Is, is Donald Trump um, the reason? A couple of minutes, Tommy left. Gutsiest? Yeah. Sorry, Tommy. Is is um, yeah. 
You there, Tommy? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, Tom, the Donald Trump one, is that just purely because he's arguing with the guttiest bloke you know? And he just, <laughs> he's just literally just so, I don't care. And I'm just, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's just, I just, I'd love to sit next to him and just actually ask him, like, are you for real? Yeah. You know, like, is this, you know, is it, it's just, I just think he's the most incredible uh, human being, you know, and and the things that he says and the things that he does, I, I would, I would, I genuinely think I'd learn so much from that guy because, you know, if you put that energy into, and I'm not saying he's doing bad stuff, but I think that if you put that energy into really being of service to the world, he 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 could do some incredible things for the world, you know, because he's he's got that thing. But but I just think that he's he's gone a bit loopy. But I, I want to know if if that's. I just think that that's really cool. I think I think they should donate his brain to science. Honestly, if they're doing it for concussion. <laughs> Then they've got to do it for his as well, just for in terms of I don't know Arkham Asylum type stuff. It'd be just fascinating yeah. to see what the hell's going on in there, and is the left yeah. extremely dominant over the right, or what's going on? It, it would be great. It'd be under, it, it yeah. would probably it'd probably stun scientists and neurosurgeons the world over. It'd be fascinating. It'd be great. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I genuinely reckon he's, he's an incredible, incredible human, but. You know, some of the things he does and says and some of the things that he directs, I'm like, wow, okay. Um, so I just love to love to learn how someone as balls that big. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couple yeah, of minutes question, time. Uh, Tommy, you've been very yeah. very generous with your time, mate. Um, mm. Just tell us, uh, you've probably got one of the greatest podcast names that I've come across um, and listened to regularly, mate, and I love it. Um, and I think the Instagram yeah. part of it with the videos and stuff is is because so it connects so much more than just voice when you get an audio podcast and to see a face and see an emotion yeah. and get a reaction is so important. Just tell us a little yeah. bit about your podcast, mate. Um, so the potty, yeah, it's called the um, the bullshit machine, and uh, and so I've got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bullshit Double. machine, which is basically. Yeah, what what it's what it's based on is I basically on the podcast most of them I just call myself on my own bullshit, you know, and I and I I get some you know really cool guests on and and we just have really frank conversations um, where um, I just don't you know I just don't hold back like I'll you know like for example I, I interviewed this uh, this woman from LA who's like a um, who's like a full intimacy coach and, you know, she's all into sexuality and all that type of stuff. And, and you know, we were talking in, in one of my questions. I said, so is intimacy like dick in vagina? And uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, we just – I play dumb, but I, but, I, but I get some really cool, um, you know, get some really cool responses and we had really, really great conversations. So, but um, – but yeah, so the potty, I've been a bit slack with it the last couple of months, to be honest. You, you know, I mean, you've got to be so consistent with it, but with so much going on, I haven't done an episode in probably six weeks, um, six or seven weeks. But um, but yeah, it's, it's a podcast I love doing and, I, and I'm definitely going to put some more effort into it. But I get some really, really cool guests on that, uh, 
that that are, are quite um, that either have achieved a, a lot in life and how that and why they've done it and how, and also um, and and also learning about um, just learning about how to call yourself on your on your own bullshit, you know, um, and and through the whole podcast, I'm constantly, you know sharing stuff about my life that I probably shouldn't be sharing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, mate. It's like a Netflix uh, thing. I'm going to – yeah, good work, Az. I'm work. I'm going to binge your, your previous podcast episodes and then I expect something <laughs> pretty new very, very soon if that's the case. I'm uh, looking yeah. forward to looking forward some bullshit machine. <laughs> yeah, love it, man. Let me know. Especially um, the intimacy you know, one. A few tips and tricks. That's um, – who was that? That was uh, Christian White Cloud. Yep. Yeah, Christian White Cloud. I, I, I got this um, woman on also, mm-hmm. Alison Dubois, who I don't know if you guys have heard of her. Do you remember that show, oh. The Medium? Yeah, The Medium. Yeah, so it was it was actually about her. Um, so I got her on. Um, yeah, I've had some pretty cool guests on that okay. uh, have, have jumped on. So, yeah. And I, there, there's also – I do an episode on – I basically just call – all my best mates and and ask them why they think that I'm so selfish. Everyone of my mates reckons I'm the most selfish guy in the world. And I'm like, how? I just don't get it. So I call all of them and and they all tell me why I'm so selfish and and what their experience around it is. So yeah, just stuff like that, and you always learn something, you know. Has yeah. anyone walked away from one of your potties crying? Like have they hung up and they're like, I'm in tears. You've broken me. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I actually had I did one episode where um, did one episode where I had uh, I, I basically put intuition to the test, like my mm. intuition, and, and I, I just randomly um, got these uh, th- this girl on, and I just did like an intuitive read on her, just totally. She wasn't in front of me, knew nothing about her. I think all I knew was her first name. And uh, I did a read on her and absolutely nailed it. And she just yeah. started bawling her eyes out, going, "Oh my god, how do you know all this?" And uh, and so yeah, it was really that was cool, man. It was cool. So yeah, that's that's the only only tears that's that's been there. And I think I've teared up a couple of times while I've been talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, looking forward to hearing some good stuff on there soon, mate. Awesome, man. Awesome. So what's uh, oh. what's what, yeah. have you have you got a rough time frame for your next potty or? Yeah, I reckon I'll do the next one. Will be uh next. The next one I'm gonna do is next week. Next week it's happening. Yeah. 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 Next week I'm putting up a new potty. So I'll let you guys know. Yeah, uh, amazing. Good. No, looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. I think you've made Aaron cry. Jump off the bloody pink. I'm not sure what's going on there. Give it's been, yeah, well, it's been awesome talking to you guys. Loved it. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of. Uh, I've certainly got a lot of intuition out of this in terms of. I think it's the more the how. Like everyone wants to know. Yeah. Everyone knows where they want to go. I reckon, uh, either intuitively or. Um, subconsciously, they they do, and it, it's just the. I think it's having that leap of faith, that courage to do the how bit. Um, 
And I'm certainly in one of those. I'm one of those guys. So it's really fascinating. It was really good to hear it from yourself, mate. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Sorry I was a bit late getting on, but um, I loved it. I loved it. So thank you, mate. That was really good. It's good to meet you, lovey. Good to meet all you boys. It was an honour, honour being on. Oh, hey, yoga for dudes. What does downward dog look like in that for yoga for dudes? Downward dog, oh, mate. Uh, yoga for dudes, it's like an online program I've got for basically yeah. dudes to do yoga. And it's got like yeah. breathing, uh, it's got, uh, you know, yoga classes, it's got meditations. Um, yeah, all sorts of cool stuff. So it's like basically an online program and it's, um, okay. you know, I've got it out there to, to support men. It's really cool, man. Like a lot of people yeah. are, that, that are doing it are just, I'm getting great, great reviews and, and uh, people emailing me saying they're loving it. So, you know, yeah, if you're a dude and you want to be, uh, be a yogi and get all spiritual and drink soy cappuccinos and smoke durries, check out yogaforbeards.com.au. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, if it means that I get a rig like yours, then I'm all for it. I reckon we will bring it on. Yeah. Cousin's no, gonna, is, is, gonna need about three years worth, but that's okay. It's yeah. uh you'll get there. No, they don't. Just hurry up and get it you'll, done, cuz. Be surprised, yeah. You'll be surprised how quick yoga actually drops the weight off. It's it's incredible. Mm. It's yeah. it's very powerful practice, yeah, man. So, yeah, mate, get into as, it. As Lovey said, mate, really appreciate you jumping on board, mate. Absolutely great of you to give us up your time on a Wednesday night, mate. We'll look forward to um yeah. having a look at your podcast and hopefully seeing some wonderful stuff on that. And as I said, awesome. mate, thanks again for for jumping on tonight, mate, and giving us your time. Really appreciate it, Tommy. Anytime, man. Love chatting to you boys. Great. Uh, I love love what you guys are doing, man. Really do. I think it's it's epic. So well done for 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 following through on on what you all wanted to do. Very, it helps just cool. a little bit, you know. It's like if it helps just a little bit, mate, then all for it. Doing a good thing. Exactly. Thanks for your time, Tommy. Yeah. Have it's a great night, guys. mate. No worries. All right. Chat soon. Good See you, Tommy. Mate. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Now. Where is Aaron? <laughs> More important. So, so this, this is dangerous to Aaron. This is really dangerous, Aaron, because we can just take this. <laughs> oh, oh damn it. Here he is. <laughs> disastrous. Disastrous. What's going on with That's you? That's the last time at the beach. You tell you? <laughs> just, just between you and I and the gateposts, I did tell you. Why have you got your golf club? I did tell you guys, make sure you make sure you get on and don't let me down because I knew it was going to be patchy. So you got to let me off. <laughs> what about Lovey? Now I know what? we're on the podcast still, but everyone sees us. But you sent Alan and I, you sent Aaron and I a photo this week of you playing golf. Is there is that, is that the reason why the golf clubs in the back of the photo? You know, that, it's, it's like it's like that thing that you, you hate so much, but you still ultimately love it, and you never let go of it. So that's what these are for me. I'll, I'll get the, I'll show you the worst golf stick, the one I hate the most, but I still use it. I'll get it in a sec. All right, stay on the line, boys. Stay on the line. Thanks again, Tommy.